Hi everyone, I'm your host, Sam Evans, and welcome to Lifestyle Redesigned, the podcast. Every week I interview both entrepreneurs and travelers about their success stories and how they made their dream lives into reality. Whether you're someone who has always wanted to travel but doesn't know where to start, an aspiring entrepreneur looking to build a thriving business, or anyone in between, our guests will share their experiences and insights on how they've succeeded at living what I like to call the unconventional life. So get ready to be inspired as we explore the stories of those who have successfully redesigned their lives. In today's episode, I'd like to introduce Emily Cooper, a solo traveling entrepreneur who in 2022 quit her job to travel the world full time. She went from making $300 a month and staying in budget hostels to making $10,000 a month and staying in five-star resorts for free. Across her social media channels, she teaches her audience how she did it and how you can too. Throughout this episode, we will be diving into how to start as a travel content creator, the process of working with brands, the lifestyle of a digital nomad, and of course, the endless opportunities to make money while traveling the world. So with all that said, thank you so much for being on and welcome to the podcast. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Of course, of course. So to preface everything, me and Emily Mm -hmm. met a couple of weeks ago, honestly, at Women (laughs) Travel Fest. And it was just, I loved that conference. That was my first time going. And I met so many amazing people. It was like, I feel like travel conferences for me are always just like a different type of conference where like, and we were just talking Mm -hmm. about this before recording, like you meet people who get it, like they get your lifestyle. They get where you come from, why you do certain things. And like, that's why now a lot of my friends are in the travel space is because they just get what I do. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Yeah, that was my second year. And it's such an amazing, amazing conference. And someone posted about it. They were like, all these conferences, they feel a little bit like, heavy and you feel like you have to kind of like present yourself in a way but like like the travel conferences especially with women like it feels like a big warm hug it feels like everyone wants to support each other so they're always a priority anytime something comes up I always try to if I can make the conference because they've been life-changing for me for sure yeah yeah exactly same I've been to I think like two or three in the past so this one will be this one would have been probably my third or fourth conference. And like every time, again, I meet amazing people. I have just such an amazing time because it does. It feels like a big hug, which I love. Yeah. <laughs> but before I we get into it. everything else, I'd love for you to introduce yourself and talk about where you came from and where you are now and how you got started in all of this. Sure. Yeah, it has been a journey. Yeah. I'm Emily. <laughs> Emily Eats and Explores on social media. I am on all platforms. You can find me there. So that's how people know me nowadays, which is crazy. Right. So I grew up in Massachusetts, born and raised, did a very traditional route, went to college, went to graduate school, got a job right out of graduate school. And I worked as an epidemiologist at a government hospital. So I did that for about four years, was really missing travel during that time. Obviously it was the pandemic time. Like everyone was kind of hungered inside. I was living alone at the time and decided I was going to take a career break. I knew one person that had done it. She went to Southeast Asia to teach English. So I was like, I'm going to take a career break. I'm going to take six months off for my career and just go and travel. So that idea just kind of popped into my head and I went with it. It was like over 
two years from the time that I made that decision there, I actually ended up leaving my job. So I left yeah. in April of 2022. Wow. <laughs> and yeah, crazy. Between that time, I started my Instagram account just for like my friends and family to see pictures of when I actually started traveling. And then it kept getting put off and put off this like amazing trip that I was going to take, which like everything happens for a reason now that I know like why all that happened. So I just like kept posting like random like tips and tricks for other women that are looking to solo travel, all the things that I was learning about and just like talking about prepping for this trip. And it all just kind of took off. And now I am doing this full time. I'm very much not broke, which is crazy. (laughs) I don't actually have to call it a career break anymore. Like this is now my job. I'm now an entrepreneur. Like not that this was all all the plan. It's always the dream, right? You're always like, okay, like I'm going to travel and I'm just create content and like maybe something can happen. But where I am now, like I never would have imagined it in a million yeah. years. Yeah, and that's crazy. Right, right. That's crazy. And I think that it's something that you had said in your intro that I really liked is that you kind of just like you were, you. it was a thought and you kind of let it like sit with you for a little bit and then you just took the jump and then here we are you know what I mean which is also Mm -hmm. crazy that it's only technically been a year since you started traveling and all of that stuff that's crazy yes yes by the time this episode's out I'll be at like my one one year around or a little after so it's it's crazy I know yeah (laughs) oh my god that's crazy and I know it's like you've probably worked so hard in this past year. You know what I mean? And that's what I I don't want people to get like Mm -hmm. misconceived about you or about like travel creators in general is like right now you see where you are and you see how much money you're making, how many followers you have, all of that stuff. But there was a point when you were just saying like, hey, auntie, I'm in this country. Like you weren't talking to anybody. You weren't making as much money as you are now. And it's like, it's not, it it takes a lot of work in order to get to where you are now. And I heard this quote and it was like, an overnight success is actually like five years in the making or something Mm -hmm. like that. Because it's like, now people, all of my listeners, if they don't know who you are, they see you as like, somebody who gets to travel the world and make money while she's doing it. You know what I mean? They don't know the Mm -hmm. Emily a couple years ago who wasn't even thinking about this as a lifestyle. And so I think that it's really cool that you were able to make it happen in in a year's time. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. And I totally agree with that. And that's why I have like an upcoming masterclass coming up. And I was like, I want to go through like all of my previous jobs because nobody talks about that. And I just want to talk about like, how even something small, like my first job, like 12, like babysitting, getting your babysitting, right. like, like how all of those different little things like actually helped me get to where I am today and like helped me become like the entrepreneur that I am. Because I think it is so important to talk about because you hear, oh, this person did this in two years, but like maybe like five years they were in like marketing and like, or like learned like the whole brand. So, like, you never know someone's story. So I do think it is so important to like talk about those different things and like how you actually got to where you were. Cause it's not just like, okay, now you're in this position. Like now you have to learn everything about it. Like all of your past work and all of your past experiences really are helping you like get to where you are. So yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that. So how did you even get started as a travel content creator? Like 
I know that you said you were just thinking about taking a a career gap, like an adult gap year almost. But what made you want to go into that space? And how did you develop your personal brand in order to teach your audience or like kind of what made you think to go down this route? Yeah, great question. So during the during the pandemic, I was watching a lot of like YouTube videos and things like that. And I was realizing, I, d- I honestly didn't really know at the time people were like actually making money with these things. But right. I was like, I was always thinking in my head, okay, so like p- these people are saving up and then they're quitting their jobs and they're traveling for a period of time. Like I knew like vloggers like were making money and stuff like that. But I think I thought most people would like save up money and quit, which is why I did what I did. And it yeah. And it's called a career break and people can do it. And that's amazing. So I decided to kind of like go that route, but I was like, okay, if I can build something out of this, like that would be great. So I actually started, I started with my Instagram. So that was May of 2021. And I was just on there. I was just like posting like single photos of me, kind of like the old, cause I hadn't had Instagram before this. So I actually deleted my Instagram like years and years. So I actually okay. had to like, go in and relearn Instagram. Cause I didn't know it changed wow. so yeah. much over like right. those two years. And I don't even really know why I chose that platform to begin with, honestly, yeah. <laughs> I was watching a lot of like YouTube videos and stuff. So I don't right. know why I was like, I'm going to start an Instagram. Maybe I just thought it was like going to be easier. So I started there. I was just like posting random photos of like a travel picture here, a food picture here, the Emily eats and explores. I thought I was going to like right. eat around the world and do stuff like that. And then reels started becoming a big thing. So I made one reel. I remember this. It was July 4th. I made one reel and it got 700 views. And like, I almost pissed my pants and it was the worst <laughs> reel like I've literally yeah. ever done, of course. Like, right. I don't even know how to make this thing. And then I just stopped and I didn't make one until like October because yeah. I was like, <laughs> what? what is going on? Like, I was right. just so freaked out. So yeah, it was all just going to be for fun. I was going to like send it to my friends and family. But then I was like, okay, maybe I can make this work. Maybe I can do something fun with it. So I really didn't share it with anyone because in the beginning, you're like, okay, I have like literally zero followers. Like I yeah. didn't invite anybody to follow me. I didn't like ask. No one knew that you existed. Literally <laughs> no one knew. Started at zero, like zero, zero, zero. And then, yeah, I think I had like, I had like 20 followers for like a really long random time. But yeah. then it was in October after my sister's wedding, she got married and they sat me down. They're like, I feel, they're like, I feel like you could do something with this. Like, why don't you start taking it seriously? Let's start posting every single day. And cause they could tell that I was like having fun with it, just kind of like playing around with it and like taking content, taking pictures. So I started doing that. I started posting every day, pretty much nothing was really like happening or working. So I was actually following this woman, Maya Nicole, and she is a Instagram and business coach. And so I ended up taking a one-on-one call with her and it was literally like the best thing I have ever done. Like yeah. she's also been my business coach too. And that's when I was like, okay, wow. Like I'm going to learn, actually learn Instagram, like learn the different skills that you can do, learn the different like strategies and how to market yourself and how to actually like grow. And I was at, I don't know, maybe like 600 followers. This was in December of 2021. And then it totally just like took off after that. I hit a thousand followers on January 1st. And then I ended of 2022. And then I ended the year at like 50,000 followers. Yeah. So just keeping using those skills and the strategies. So it was really in the beginning, it was just growing my Instagram. And I basically did that just like by optimizing different things, just making sure I was really talking to someone specific, like 
Because in the beginning, I was like, I want to do like food reviews and I want to do hotel reviews and I want to like do solo travel and I want to do this. And then I was like, no, I'm going to focus on one person and who I want to help and who I want to talk to. So it was like solo female travel on a budget, like very, very specific. I made all of my videos on that. And then I also did a lot of that branding like you were talking about. So I had this map background and I, which was really nice for me because I would film for like two hours and I would have reels for the whole month. Yeah. So that's how I really stayed consistent with it because I was posting every single day. And I did that for about a little over a year. And so I had that map background. I was instantly recognizable. I I was going to say when we met, I was like, when we met, I was like, wait, I think I know you from somewhere. And you're like my map background. I was like, yes. Oh my God. (laughs) Like that was literally what you were known for, for like a long time. And now I don't know if it's gone for good, but... (laughs) I did, I did discontinue the map like it was great for the time that I had but it was like again it was during like the pandemic and stuff like right. I wasn't really traveling so I needed something and I didn't have videos like I would never take videos when I traveled before I would just take yeah. pictures so that really really helped me get to where I am because again I was instantly recognizable when people saw that background now I'm traveling and people want to see my travel videos yeah right want me to give tips and tricks like with my travel videos so but it did it was really hard for me to like get rid of that map (laughs) I was like I owe everything to the map back yeah so I do have a map background on my profile picture now it's just like a pink map background because I kind of changed my colors and stuff a bit like that but yeah it was it was crazy so I just kind of like wanted a different I wanted that feel for my account. I wanted you to be able to come and be able to educate, but also like be inspired and like know that you could really travel solo and travel on a budget if you wanted to and kind of like take this career break or take like a break to travel, even though I hadn't really done it yet. But I still wanted to tell people like it's possible and you could do it. So it was really cool. And I'm really happy I started at that time because my audience, if they've been with me since the beginning, which like a lot of them have and have like stuck around, which is amazing. Like they've seen my whole growth because I share all, I really talk about like the ups and downs and the good times and the confusion and all of that. So it's been amazing. Yeah. It sounds like it. It sounds like it's also crazy that you were consistent for that long. I feel like that's rare. I think that everyone says that you should be, you hear it everywhere of like, be consistent, whatever that means to you, whether that's like, if you say you're going to post three times a week or four times a week, do that. If you say seven times a week, like every day, then do that. But then most people fall off. You know what I mean? So that's like very impressive that you stayed on, you stayed on top of it, but clearly it worked. So it's like, yeah, for everyone that's listening, like if if someone's telling you to stay consistent because you're good at something, like you never know where it can take you. Mm -hmm. It's so true. Yeah. And I'm really happy that I did it. And for me, like, I think it depends on who you are too, because I did really, really like creating content. Like that still is my favorite part of my business. Like I love being on Instagram. I love connecting with my community. I love engaging. And I was really, really, I made that a priority as well, making sure I was commenting back and answering my DMs and like connecting with people on stories and connecting with others and collaborating and doing lives and doing all of that. So it wasn't just like posting on my feed and like, being like, okay, I'm done for the day. Like I would be engaging and, and being I, like, I was on Instagram a lot. I still am. Right. I, like, I, I love it. I really enjoy it. And not saying that you have to be on it like 24 seven, but I think there really is kind of like that 
there is that time, that growth period where you are kind of going to have to, I don't want to say hustle. Cause like, I don't want to be like, Oh, hustle culture. But oh, like, right, right. there is going to be a time in the beginning where you like are going to have to kind of work hard. So people know you and recognize you yeah. and, and Instagram kind of knows what you're doing as well. Right. 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 And that's with everything too. Like yeah. social media and content creators. I don't want to say that we get a bad rap, but like like you were saying before, you had gone on vacation a week ago and you were on your phone because you were there for work or whatever it was. And that's mm-hmm. why you were able to do it. And so it's like, that is your job. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. genuinely like hosting on Instagram or like connecting with your community or whatever it is, sending out emails, things like that. Like that's yeah. your job. So when it comes to hustling or whatever you want to call it, that's in every industry, in every like aspect of life, one way or another, like you will have a period, they call it. Someone mentioned in an episode that I had done recently, someone called it like going monk mode. So you basically Mm. like shut off like other aspects of your life and really just like tune into what you want to grow. And it goes along with like the staying consistent and all of that stuff. And like you will see a difference if you are like mm-hmm. very focused on what you're doing. You're not really looking at like what other people are doing or how much bigger other people are from you. Because even now, and this is something I wanted to touch on a little later, but I think even now, like you have what around like 53, 54,000 followers. Mm-hmm. And I bet you're still looking at people who have a hundred, 200, a million followers and are like, how can I get that? You know, like, it's just this never ending cycle, I feel like, but mm-hmm. that's where the confidence side of it comes in. Yeah, no, for sure. I, I definitely do still like get into that at times, but it's nice because you kind of know, like, I mean, there's two sides of it. It's nice because you know what works and what works for you. And you can just keep kind of doing that. Right. But, you know, social media is also changing a lot. So you also have to be okay with pivoting and changing and doing what's working. And I actually love the direction that it's going, honestly, because if travel content creation was still in that phase of just like these gorgeous pictures with like when you're in really beautiful dresses and kind of like the gatekeeping almost of like people would post and you'd be like, where is this? Like, where are they? And like, nobody would give any information. Like, Again, I hadn't had Instagram for two years, but when I was on it before, that's what I thought about. So I love like the more like authentic videos now and just like giving your own personality and like the different sides of like travel and your experiences. And yeah, I I love how I love how it's going. So yeah, no, that's amazing. That's amazing. So on top of actually creating content, I know a lot of your income and just like the things that you're doing is working with brands. So what would you say? is like the key things or the key steps that are involved with building successful relationships with brands as a content creator. It's like everybody I feel like Mm -hmm. is looking up, how do I reach out to a brand or how do I stay connected to a brand? How do I get them to pay me? And everyone has different perspectives. For me, I don't necessarily see it as an income stream. I just see it more as an opportunity. So Mm -hmm. whenever I'm working with brands, it's most of the time in exchange for content. So it's the experience in exchange for content. And that works amazing for me because me and my partner are able to travel without having to pay for a lot of things when we work with brands. So for you Mm -hmm. in, in your situation, how have you built these relationships with brands and how do you establish trust with these partners? Good question. So I think from, you can 
start thinking about working with brands from the very start if that is something that you want to do, especially now with like user generated content. So you don't even need like an audience before you can start working with these brands. You can literally, if you are that you kind of have a skill in either photography, like videography, creating content, like you can start going out and like reaching out to these brands and seeing if they need any content that they can post on their side or that they can use for ads and things like that. So you can even do that before you get started with a platform, which is amazing, which I had no idea about when I first started. Yeah. But I wasn't good at any of those things when I first started. So I couldn't do it anyway. But the way that I first started, I think is great is that just start talking about the things you love right away and start tagging them and like sharing about them before you even have any affiliate links or any partnership or anything like that. Like just constant. And I still do that now. Like even if I'm not going to, you know, I was just sharing like my jeans the other day and like, I don't have an affiliate link or anything with them. Like it's, it's just like, just keep sharing about those things, tagging them, talking about them. And that's a good way for your, like the brand and your audience to one, like be like, okay, like she's genuinely trying to like provide this information and not just like get money out of it. Because I know sometimes there's like, different sides where people are like okay this person's just sharing this I've never seen them talk anything about like about this before right 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 (laughs) might seem sketchy so yeah definitely just sharing the things that that you love tagging the brands and like allowing them to come with you that's that's allowing them to come to you that's honestly how I got a lot of my first partnerships was just like I would post tag them in a reel about something I was I think my first one was like the Soul Female Traveler Network. I have like a ways that you can connect with other women. I tagged them in it and it did really well. And then I ended up going to Jordan with them, which was incredible. Yeah. Same thing with like luggage companies. Like I've posted things about like my favorite like bags and luggage and things like that. And they've reached out to me through there. So I think that's just like one of a great way to get started following them. You can engage with them as well if you want. And then after that, you can join like influencer platforms if you're not seeing any any success with that, I guess, because there are a lot of people on social media. So it sometimes it is hard for them to actually find you. It doesn't mean like that your content isn't great or that you shouldn't be working with brands if brands aren't reaching out to you. And you want to make sure they're legitimate brands too. I do want to note that, yeah. like not the jewelry, jewelry companies that are reaching out and being like, do you want to pay for this? And then right. like, we'll give you free jewelry. Like you do have to be careful in that sense because there are a lot of like scams and things out there. But that's why the influencer platforms are great because all of those are going to be like true collaborations. So you can join those. Brands will be able to easily find you through there. And you can do that again through like user-generated content or just brand collaborations. And then once you do have a brand partnership, like make sure that you're just like easy to work with. You're, because I think a lot of people, and I, and I definitely have downsides with working with brands too. So that's why I try to work with less brands, brands that I really enjoy and make sure that I'm doing a good job for them. Because if you're working with like a million brands at a time, it's just going to get stressful and you're not going to be able to produce like as quality of content. Mm-hmm. So I'd rather produce quality content for this brand, get paid well for it, for, be able to, for, provide like the KPIs. So like the different analytics and show that this posted well, and then continue to establish, like keep that connection going and then partner with them in the upcoming years. So this year, pretty at this point, I'm only working with brands that I have worked with in the past. So that's how, that's just what's important for me. But I have definitely like when I do tours and boards or different travel companies, like Sometimes those are comps and sometimes those are paid. Like if I'm going to go to the destination anyway, I always reach out and say like, hey, can we figure something out? And then it's great if that if I get like a 
week or like a weekend or something that I don't have to pay for. That totally works for me, especially when it's overseas, because I don't want to have to deal with like getting a lot of people don't know this, but like there are a lot of restrictions that about working in another country, like if you're getting paid in that way. So you are probably going to have to get like a working license. What is it called? A work permit, a work permit. Yeah. You're going to have to jump through a lot of hoops when it comes to like whether you're paying taxes and things like that. So working with U.S. brands and things is is great. But overseas, like I'm totally fine just doing like having like in exchange for different experiences. So yeah. But again, yeah, you have to do like what works for you and what you have the time for, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's also a lot easier these days because what I found, especially when I first started, was that everybody is looking for somebody. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. most brands are looking to work with people our age or people in our industry or people who are creating the content that we're creating because I'm going to listen to you more than I'm going to listen to them. Like being completely mm-hmm. transparent is like most of their audience and mo- most people our age are like, literally going on Instagram or TikTok and being like reviews on this hotel, reviews on this restaurant, like whatever Mm -hmm. it might be. Like our search engine now is these videos, is content. It's not necessarily, I mean, blogs are still around, of course, and they're very important, but like video content has just become the new Google, like genuinely, Mm -hmm. like that's at least in personal experience. That's where I get all my recommendations. If enough people are saying like, this is an amazing hostel to stay at. This is an amazing hotel to stay at. These are all the amenities they offer. I'm going to book with them. And that's exactly something that people should remember as well, along with everything that you were saying, is that brands want people to book with them at the end of the day. So if that means hiring a bunch of people that are our age that can create content for them or comping their room or comping their food or whatever it is, like Uh that's what they're going to do in order to get more bookings and it works. So just keeping that in mind too is like, they need you as much as you need them in a sense. Mm -hmm. And so as long as you're putting in that effort and like you said, making it easy to work with you because I can only imagine there's, I assume it's almost like in the like film industry, like there has to be people out there that like make it difficult to do certain things or edit reels or, or whatever it is. So definitely being like approachable and easy to work with is like a huge one up when you're working with brands. Yeah, I totally agree. And and I think, yeah, brands sometimes do get a a bad rep. And I think you just have to like practice discerning. You'd be like, okay, is this brand actually like not going to be treating me well and like not paying me for the right reasons? But like, I actually reached out to a hotel once and they were saying, they were like, we would love to partner with you. Like, we love what you're doing. But we got like basically scammed so bad by like one content creator that we were working with. So like, we just can't do it anymore. So you do have to think about that as well. Like, a lot of these brands, maybe they've signed contracts and like the content creators just haven't performed or like, you just never know what's going to happen. So you have to think about that side too. And not just like, oh, they're like, they're not like, they're not giving me exactly what I want. And they're not giving me like $20,000. Yeah. But (laughs) yeah, you do have to think of like both sides of it as well. Cause not, cause I love like the brands that I have worked with, I've absolutely loved, loved, loved it. And the ones that I've like said, no to like there's usually a reason and you usually get a feeling and yeah there's a there's a website you can go on to I don't know if you know about this website but it's called f you pay me and so okay. you can go on and 
Yeah. So you can go on and if a brand reaches out and they give you like a different price or like they're giving you a gifted campaign, you can actually go on and you can see if anybody, any past content creator influencer has reviewed them and you can see like what they, what they've got, their follower account, the deliverables that they gave and things like that. So it's a great way to kind of like be able to compare. And that's what I love about this industry nowadays. I feel like a lot of people are being transparent, which is really nice. Right, right, exactly. And that goes back to what you were saying before about the actual content is people are just like talking about even all the way down to like how much you're getting paid for stuff before. Even I would say like a year or two ago, that was, Mm -hmm. you would never talk about how much you got paid in a certain Mm -hmm. industry. You would never talk about how much a brand paid you for this or who you were working with or how you got something for free. Like you would never, ever, ever talk about that. And now it's the complete opposite. If you're not doing that, it's almost as if, right, you're gatekeeping or you're just like, you're not trying to help the people that you're posting for. Like Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, your audience isn't just like a number. It's actually actually people who want to see where you're going and what you're doing and who you're working with and and all of that stuff. So that's important to keep in mind as like a creator is that it's, it's genuinely not just a number. Like it is people who clicked follow, like they want to see what you're doing and and all of that stuff. And so treating everybody like that is like very important as a creator, because that can get Mm -hmm. a little like misconstrued sometimes in the industry. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So what now kind of switching over to being a digital nomad and living this like digital nomad lifestyle of maybe not necessarily full-time traveling and working at the same time, but when you are traveling, you are working. So what would you say are the most rewarding aspects of this lifestyle, as well as the biggest challenges that are associated with it? There's so much like there's so many different opinions on being a digital nomad and I talk about this in another episode as well about like how romanticized it is which in in most cases like we are very 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 lucky to be able to work and travel like at the end of the day Mm -hmm. like it is like a huge privilege that even if you're working remotely and you get to travel for a company or something like that like it is insane that we're able to do that now. So I'm curious for you what those aspects are, both the most rewarding and the most challenging. So I definitely found out exactly what, why I wanted to live this lifestyle while I was actually doing that. Because I was like, okay, I want to be able to just be able to travel whenever I wanted and like travel for a really long time. And I think that was the, obviously the idea when I was like, I'm going to quit my job and take six months off to travel. But I realized I was having like a limiting mindset during that time because I was like, okay, I want to travel for this long chunk of time. I need to like do everything and make sure I hit all the spots because I feel like at some point this is probably going to end. Like I was still thinking of that in the beginning, of course, because I didn't have a ton of income coming in. I wasn't really sure exactly what I was doing. So I was like both trying to like, live in the moment and enjoy my travels, but also kind of like build this business. (laughs) So it was really tricky. And I realized for me, and I think this is the most important thing. It's just really knowing yourself. But I realized the most important thing for me was not like to have this flexibility so I could travel all the time. It was so like I could travel when I wanted to. Like that I didn't have to ask anyone to take time off. Like I could see friends and family when I wanted to. But it does. It doesn't mean you have to travel full time and like right. be constantly being on the road. Because I do have a fiance, and like he has a place in Massachusetts, so 
I have my family in Massachusetts. So it's like, it's nice being able to kind of have a home base for a little while. And then if I want to pick up and travel, you can definitely do that too. So just having the flexibility to do that, to travel, to see friends and family, to do the things that you love, not having to ask for time off or maybe not even get time off okay. having 10 days. Off. That's what I had. To, I had 10 days off, which is like so crazy. A year, um, a year, by the way, for anyone that, yes. <laughs> you know, is listening <laughs> a year, 10 days a year. <laughs> and of course, like it's still doable to be able to travel when you have a full-time job. Of course I was doing it, but I was taking like maybe one or two trips a year. And then you're like, okay, now I'm back at zero. And now I have to like accumulate more time. And it's so stressful yeah. when it's like something that you love doing. So the flexibility is just, it's, it's incredible to be able to work in these beautiful places. That's also incredible, but there definitely is some downsides and it's, it's definitely the burnout either one way or the other is like when you're traveling too fast and like almost everybody does this in the beginning, once you're able to work and travel, you're just like, I want to do it all. I want to go everywhere. Like I want to have everything and you just can't, it's just not sustainable So slow travel is definitely the best way to go. And it can be mean different things for different people, but it could be like at least a week in a place or a month in a place or years in a place. And that's really how you're going to like sustain this digital nomad travel lifestyle. Burnout with work can also happen as well. So maybe you find yourself like always working a bit too much and then you're not actually seeing those things and then you're like okay now I feel guilty because I'm working too much and I'm not going to see this or like if you're out and about and you're not working a lot you can have guilt in that as well so for me I have this five-day rule so I have to stay in a place at least five days now so it's a day to arrive a day to work a day to explore a day to rest and then you have your day to leave because you need to be working, exploring and resting in the yeah. places that you go to. Yeah. And obviously a little bit longer is better, but you, yeah, you definitely have to do that because you just don't want to have that guilt of like, you want you do want to have some type of routine. Humans, we work best on kind of like schedules and routines generally. Yeah. Having some type of structure, whether that's like getting your coffee in the morning and then you're working or you're going out during the day and you're working at night. Like, again, you just have to know yourself and when when you're most productive, like I can't work at all at night. So I like doing my work in the morning, be having really focused work, like just really focusing on one task and getting one thing done and then giving myself one thing to do a day. I think that is so, so, so important. (laughs) Like you have one big thing and like you only focus on that. And then being able to explore either like midday or get like a nice lunch or dinner. And and then, yeah, but what what might work for you is maybe you explore during the day and then you work at night. You just kind of have to figure out what works. But you do have to have some some type of schedule and routine or else, yeah, it's, it's not going to be great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can attest to that as well. Like all of us, anybody that's listening that does travel either for a living or is a creator or has just traveled in general like anybody that's traveled knows it is exhausting that I think Mm -hmm. is something that also not a lot of people talk about is how exhausting it is like it looks so glamorous and don't get me wrong it is amazing like being able to travel and see new places and and going to and having that like adrenaline rush of like oh my god I'm really at the Eiffel Tower right now like oh my god I'm Mm -hmm. really here right now is incredible 
But when you're doing all of that and seeing all of that so much and you don't have the like five day rule or any sort of routine put in place, it is like you just want to like lay in bed for three days after you finish your Mm -hmm. excursions and stuff and then add working on top of it that it can get stressful on top of the already stress Mm -hmm. on top of the stress that you're already feeling. So I love that. I'm honestly probably going to use that now when I travel (laughs) is like, okay, give myself a day to do this, a day to do this because Mm -hmm. yeah, it gets exhausting very quickly. And it is like, there is that guilt factor though, at least that I'm still working on getting through or getting over Mm -hmm. of like, okay, so if I'm going to be like, I was in Hawaii a couple months ago and I was there for two weeks and that was the like longest time that I've ever been in one place. And it was amazing to actually like meet friends and then keep those friends for the two weeks. Like I wasn't constantly going through people. And then same thing with working. Like it gave me a day to just relax and work and not be so like caught up or feel guilty that I was missing out on something. And that's another aspect Mm -hmm. of being a digital nomad is like, I have had so many moments where I'm like, I I can't even work right now. Like I have to go out and do this. This is like a once in a lifetime thing. But I think that about every aspect of travel. So it's definitely a Mm -hmm. huge, huge balance that you need to understand needs to be there before you get started or before like you're doing this full time because it takes a lot. It definitely takes a lot. It does. And you definitely need to like take care of yourself in the process or else you're just yeah. like, I got so sick, like yeah. at the end of my time traveling, I got so right. sick and I was like, okay, I just need to be home. And, and I realized if you have like a huge project too, like I was building my course and I was like, okay, this is going to be like three months. I was like, I have to be in one place for these three months because right. you have to be recording. You want to make sure like you have a quiet area. You have to make sure that your Wi-Fi is good. So yeah. like, all of those things can end up like being a big stressor when you're not sure like what to do. And then when you're in a new place, you're like, okay, now I have to find out like where, where I can eat and where the grocery store is. And like, you're just making so many decisions every single day. So sometimes you do just need to be in one place and work if you have a big project or something big going on. So you don't have to make all those other little decisions and just like totally like fatigue yourself. Cause it just gets crazy. (laughs) So many decisions. (laughs) Right. And it's so easy to do it too, which is why like being aware of it is important because it's so easy to just like get caught up in the constantly wanting to go places and see new things and get on flights and trains and Mm. this and that. And especially for us living in the US, when I'm planning, I'm hopefully planning a trip to Europe at some point at the end of the year. And it's just going to be so new that I can just like get on a train and go to another country in like an Mm -hmm. hour, two hours. And for like not, that expensive either so the culture shock side of it too is like we're in the U.S. it takes a lot more money a lot more time and a lot more resources to get from one place to the other within the country everywhere else in the world isn't necessarily like that so like the Mm -hmm. culture shock of all of it can be like very overwhelming as well because you just feel like okay now that I can go to five countries in five days and I'm gonna do it Mm -hmm. yeah it's like talk about a toxic a toxic trait is that I think I can go everywhere and do everything and like still be okay. Yeah, no, for sure. I know sometimes you do just have to like grind yourself and be like, okay, like I know you want to keep going, going, going. Literally. Let's just take a step back. But yeah, honestly, that's why I love Europe though. 
because you could just be like, okay, well now I'm, now I'm over this place. Like, let me just yeah, <laughs> yeah, literally a thirty dollars flex bus. Hello, that yeah. was like my best friend. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Or now, what is it like Ryanair and like all of those that like yes. cheap airlines, yeah. right, <laughs> right. You gotta just love hop it. Hop on over. I know. Yeah, that's the best. It but is, I have two more questions for you. So. The second to last one is in terms of people who want to get started in this like travel space, content creator, whatever it might be, what have you found as the most popular ways that people can make money while they're traveling on the road? And what would you say are the pros and cons of these like these Mm -hmm. ways? Yeah, so that that's a great question. There are so many different ways that you can make money and travel. I kind of split them up into different categories. So you have the remote jobs freelancing which is kind of like a business business as well the content creation and then you have travel jobs as well and then you can do like some type of online business you can also do like investments and things like that so you can get a remote job that's like a typical like nine to five job I'll, I'll focus more on like the travel content creation but nine to five job you're able to work sometimes it's just in the u.s but sometimes you'll have the flexibility to work everywhere that is obviously great because you have the stability of like a paycheck coming in like every two weeks. Yeah. But you might not be able to travel everywhere. You probably will have to ask where you can travel. And then you're going to have like more structured times that you have to work versus then there's freelancing. So if you are in any type of job right now and you have any type of skill, you can turn that into like a freelance business. And usually content creation goes in with that because you'll probably have to have a website and you want to promote yourself on social media. So you can be a VA, you can do social media management, you can, I don't know, there's so many different things you can do, like writing, like so much that you can do with freelance, like literally everyone needs freelancers in a business usually. Mm -hmm. And that is great because usually you'll have, while you freelance, you'll be able to do it like on your own time, but you are like, you have different clients that you need to work with. So there's probably things that they might ask you for that you'll need to do like right away. So you want to do, make sure like you're on a good schedule for that and that you'll be available in that sense as well. And then you have travel jobs. So you could get different jobs doing like seasonal work, even like volunteering and things like that. And that's amazing. But you, again, it's not as flexible because you're usually in the place that you need to be for a set period of time. You'll have a contract usually, unless you're like, you work for like an airline or things like that. And then you have travel content creation and there are so, so, so many different ways that you can make money with travel content creation or content creation. So I have about like 12 different income streams right now. And I've definitely like accumulated those over the year. I didn't like have all of those. At right. One time. You just woke up one day um, and was like, all right, 12 income streams. <laughs> I was like, Imagine. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I can definitely go over these, but I love like being in the spot I'm in kind of like having my own business being that entrepreneurial side because I can work with brands if I want to work with brands. But again, that's you're kind of working with someone, you're working for a client. So you're always, you're a bit more in that like worker bee mindset. But I love being in the more like boss entrepreneurial mindset where you have the autonomy to kind of do the things that you want and make your own schedule and not work when you don't want to work and things. So I have digital products and services. The first one I started off with affiliate links, which is when you get a link from a brand and you're able to make money off of that. Then I worked with brands i would started working with brands around like a thousand followers so you don't need a ton of followers mm-hmm. then i got into group tours so i take 
people on tours. I'm doing Bali and Thailand this year, which I'm so excited about. Wow. Digital products and services. So again, anybody can sell. If you know anything about anything, you can sell a digital product or service. So like an ebook, a course, a membership, anything like that. I I have it all. I do it all. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Also have a podcast. So travel chat with Ashley and Emily. And this is like such an amazing thing that I did because entrepreneurship can be super, super lonely. So I am so happy that I'm doing something with someone who actually gets it and we can just find a time to like get together and chat about different things. So if you are going to go that route, I definitely recommend you either getting in a membership or partnering with someone who is doing it. That's either at the same place as you or is just starting or you want to learn from because the community side of it is really, really huge because it is possible to kind of get really discouraged and get burnt out if you're not in some type of community or have somebody that's like on your side. So I think that's really, really important, whether you're starting out or like at whatever stage you're in really, because it definitely can be a lot. So yeah, there are so many different things that you can do to be able to make money and travel. There are like endless, endless opportunities out there. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. And I think just the couple that you named off are very reachable for almost anybody. Like you said, like, if you know anything, even if you want to create a digital product on like hair care or like something like Mm -hmm. that, like curly hair care or something, you know, it's like people will will buy it. Like, Uh, and it's like, uh. you can attest to that too of like, sometimes people would rather invest instead of trying to find everything for free and spending hours and hours at a time like YouTube University you know what I mean everyone knows mm-hmm. that YouTube as like that's where you go for all your info but like if you want to get something directly or that's what you want to invest in it's like digital products like you said is an amazing way to make income and almost anybody pretty much anybody can do it and same thing with everything mm-hmm. else like I didn't know anything about podcasting before I started this podcast mm-hmm. and we were just talking about this before of like you're using AirPods at the beginning of recording, you know what I mean? Or like you're using Mm -hmm. these like different free applications and things like that. Like you're just learning as you're going in the podcast industry and that's can apply to anything. So like anybody can start doing these things. And if it does end up becoming like a significant income for you, then like, that's amazing. But if it doesn't, Mm -hmm. you tried it, you tried something new and Hey, maybe you enjoy it and you can make it into an income at some point. But thank you for sharing all of those very amazing, very attainable goals for a lot of people to reach who are kind of like new to all of this income streams, Mm -hmm. content creation, how do I work and travel type of thing. So very much appreciated. Of course, of course. Yeah, you definitely just have to find what works for you. Because in the beginning, I was like, I only thought you can make money off of blogging. So I started a blog. I was like, I hate writing. I literally... (laughs) I think all of us like are at that point. We're like, can we do something else besides write a five page essay? Essentially, I mean, some people enjoy it, but right, right. Some people enjoy it. But that was like AI, ChatGPT. It's like, I mean, I hope I know bloggers that like love it and and it's their full time income. So I hope it still sticks around. But like, that's why video really is the future because now you're having these things that are writing like full on blog posts. Literally. Literally, it's crazy the technology that's coming out and probably will continue to as we grow up. It's nuts. Right. So my final question for you is advice. And this is something that I ask all of my guests because everybody comes from different backgrounds. Everyone started in different places and everyone ended up and landed in different places. So for you, Mm -hmm. what advice would you give to someone 
who is an aspiring travel content creator or already like a seasoned travel content creator looking to make the most out of their content and what they're doing? I think definitely work on the mindset of it because this is going to be huge. I think even before someone who's aspiring to be a content creator, the biggest things that they're going to be thinking about is like, oh, well, I have to start off at zero. It's too saturated. Like everybody's already doing what I want to do. And like that could absolutely be true. But there are enough people in this world. There's enough space in this world for everybody to be successful at the things that they love. So as long as you are being you, being your like truest self and showing that like on social media, I mean, you don't have to show every aspect of yourself, but you know, just really being you, like no one else is going to be able to copy that content because no one else is you. And the people that are meant to you, you'll you'll draw in the community that's meant for you that you want to attract. So it's definitely not too saturated. Anybody can start off Like anybody can do this for sure. Again, I still do everything on my iPhone. I had no idea how to use Instagram. I had no idea how to use Reels. Like everybody does have to start somewhere, which is also great to get yourself into spaces where people are already doing what you're doing. So like joining different memberships or joining a course or like having a one-on-one call. Like I would not be where I am today if I didn't hire like the coaches and and the different courses and learned the way that I learned because I invested a lot of money into that. And it definitely paid off for sure. Because sometimes, yeah, absolutely, you can find a lot of these things for free, but sometimes you don't even know what to look for. So I think making sure that you are like investing in yourself in some way and like really working on the mindset side of it. And then if you are a seasoned creator, like don't be afraid to start really putting yourself out there and and pitching and talking to people and making sure you're like making those connections and making sure you're kind of using the different skills and putting all of that together and like promoting yourself in a way because I think a lot of sometimes if you people have been doing it for a while they kind of like lose that side of it because you want people to kind of come to you yeah right but definitely continue to promote yourself and reach out and do all of those things. And don't be afraid to like pivot in a way like I have changed my niche of like three times at this point. So don't be afraid to like involve and maybe start a new platform if you want to or make content in a different way that you haven't thought about before, like definitely continue to try new things and just grow in that aspect as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for that advice. I think a lot of people can definitely relate to that and also like take that into consideration when they're thinking about doing this, whether they're just starting or they've been doing it for a while, because it can get exhausting in both aspects. Like if you're just starting out, you have all of these limiting beliefs immediately come to you when you're like, oh, I'm not an influencer. I can't do that like type of mindset. And then if you are an influencer or content creator, or you're already in the industry, it's like, oh, well, I have all these followers, so I'm not going to reach out, but then no one's reaching out to you. And it's just, again, like another mindset shift that has to happen. So really, really great advice. But thank you so much for being on. This was an amazing talk. And if you want to tell everybody where they can find you and everything that you have to offer. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. This was great. I just love talking about all of this stuff and I love supporting people through this. Yes. So Emily Eats and Explores, I am on 
all platforms. I mostly hang out on Instagram. That's my favorite place to be. But I'm also on TikTok, Pinterest, Twitter, YouTube. I'm getting more into YouTube this year, which I am super, super excited about. I just did not have the time last year yeah. <laughs> because I was building my course, which is called The Money-Making Traveler. And it teaches you over 30 ways that you can make money and travel taught by me and 25 incredible, incredible women guest experts. So that has been amazing. So if you're just starting, just wanting to look into all the different ways that you can make money and travel, if you're not sure if content creation is for you, you're not sure about remote jobs or anything like that, that's definitely a great place where you can start. And then I also have a membership called the Travel Boss Membership. I totally just revamped it. So it is relaunching. And that is for aspiring content creators or content creators who have been doing this for a while and they want to just have one place that they can go to learn more about travel conferences, events. I post brand partnerships three times a week, brand contacts, press trips, press opportunities, like social media updates, just kind of like a one-stop shop for people to go so they don't have to be like scouring the internet, which is something that was really hard for me when I first started out, especially when I was working my full-time job. I was like, I don't even know where sometimes you can be looking for hours just for like one contact. So you, because you want to make sure you're pitching the right person. So just having one place where people can go. We also have calls every single month. So just chatting and just very, very community feel just to be able to support each other and help each other grow in this space. Because sometimes it's like, literally like the wild west and you're like I don't even know what's going on anymore yeah. <laughs> why am I not growing what am I doing should I be posting other reels like just having a place where we can all support each other and continue to grow together and then I have my podcast which it's like a month and a half old now mm-hmm. it's called travel chat with Ashley and Emily and it's just a really fun podcast talking about our travel experiences and then also giving good information along the way but just keeping it really fun we say it's like the travel channel and bravo combined yeah i love that (laughs) yeah just giving funny tips dating information solo travel we kind of do it all so definitely check us out there that's amazing well thank you again so much for being on i'll have all of it linked below of course so everybody can find all of that stuff and yeah thank you so much thank you this is great i appreciate it